Hello, everyone, and welcome to season three, episode four of Talent Talks. Um, this episode, we are going to be talking about some topics uh, around Black History Month, and as it is the month of February. Um, and to, with us today, we have a special guest, Ms. Brandy Kikoa of BK Koa Salon um, in Old Town Temecula. Uh, Brandy, would you mind introducing yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Brandy Kikoa, and I own uh, BK Koa Incorporated, which is a curly hair safe haven for my curlies. It's a salon, um, and I also have an international product line, but I am based out of Temecula, California, and I currently have 32 um, locations that are um, BK Cola certified salons. That is absolutely phenomenal. I uh, I was actually one of the things I was going to ask you about was the uh, BK Cola Pro, um, where you certify stylists on how to use your product line. Um, if you wanted to tell us a little bit more about how that came to be. Um, yeah, I just, I wanted to create something that was designed for the stylist to use. Um, there's a lot of like big companies out there that have been monopolizing on uh, textured hair where they never cared about textured hair before. Um, now it's like the thing and it's popular. And um, when they were, these bigger brands were coming out with, um, products they were putting um you know just bad stuff in it you know like parabens and like heavy emollients that weren't good for the hair right so, <clears throat> so it's going to damage it rather than help keep it healthy right right so I was like forget this you know I'm going to come out with something so I teamed up with a cosmetic chemist um this was in 2007 and I decided to launch my first leave-in conditioner. And then after that, you know, I launched a shampoo and I launched, you know, some more styling agents. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after that, I was encouraging other, you know, stylists to work on curly hair, be comfortable with curly hair. And with that came with the products. Um, and yeah, I certified my first salon in, gosh, it was 2010 in Mississippi, Hattiesburg, Mississippi was the very first salon. And from there, it's just kind of snowballed out of control. You know, I talked to my stylist about the importance of, you know, working on someone's crown, you know, mm, curly hair. I love hair that. Is, yeah, curly hair is one of those things where you just, you you have to be very gentle with it. You have to know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's also something, you know, believe it or not, for a woman to embrace their curls, it's like kind of a big deal now for yeah. if, you, if you're used to straightening it. So really like the consultation process is the process. It's like, dang, you know, you have to really sit down and talk to the client to see if they're ready to wear their curls. You know, there's been times where I tell I've told the client, like, I don't think you're ready. Yeah, it's a, and, well, because it's a big undertaking. It's a, it's a, a time commitment and a, a financial commitment as well. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a total thing because, like, 
a lot of women that are like in the professional field, you know, attorneys and doctors and, you know, I ha even have some real estate agents that are having a hard time because, you know, they, they don't feel that other people will accept their crown the way that it is, their curls. And it's, it's, we actually, there's a law in place now, the Crown Act, if you guys have ever heard of that. Um, it's a law that they've had to create to where you cannot discriminate against anyone that wears their natural texture hair. Right, because they were treating people like it was unprofessional to wear their natural hair, right? Yes, yes, or not hiring them or saying you need to change your hair because it's not within our protocol. I mean, it's been a man where I'm like, what the heck? We're yeah, in that's ridiculous. Yeah. So it's like curly hair. It's like a thing, y'all. Like if you come to the salon, you'll see like people's tears of joy or people cry. I mean, it's just like, it's a thing. And that's why I call it a safe haven because when you do come in, it's no judgment whether you want to wear your hair curly or if you're not ready to wear it curly. It's just a space that I've created in Temecula. <laughs> right. Well, I would, that's another thing I was going to ask you is what made you decide to start here as opposed to any other place? That's a great question. I ask myself that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I, I, I gotta say it's probably because first of all, I went to high school here. Um, I graduated okay. in the year 99 uh, at TV, Temecula Valley High. My so alma mater. I'm, I'm telling my age, <laughs> it's all good. Um, and I just, I, I've always loved Temecula, right? But there, there are some things here that, you know, that need changing, you know? It's Absolutely. The, it needs a lot more, they need to be more inclusive here. Mm -hmm. So I, when I moved, well, we moved, I moved away um, after high school and then I came back and when I got into hair, I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to put my footprint here because we deserve it. You yes. know, they don't have, there's nothing else out here like this and there needs to be, there, there needs to be. And I'm like, I'll, I'll do it. You know, I'll, I'll be the trailblazer. I'll, I'll be the first one to do it because it just needs to be, you know, it needs to be more mm -hmm. inclusive here. And yeah, I could have easily opened a salon in Long Beach or in LA where I train, but I just thought there's such a need here. Why should people have to drive two or three hours to get their curls done when I'm mm -hmm. here? So I just, I did it and I'm, you know, it's, and I'm in old town, <laughs> old town Temecula of all places, but mm -hmm. you know what? Hey, we're here. And we're not going anywhere. And I'm and bringing that's in my favorite part. Like the be how you ended up in Old Town, you know, which is like kind of the the core of where all of that lack of inclusivity started. Oh yes. You know, and you you came in and said, I'm gonna do this and I'm not going anywhere and I'm gonna build a community around this. And I mean, it's, it's incredible how many, I mean, so many people that I know around town, like everybody knows Brandy to go get, you know, like to go get their curly cut or to get their products. And I mean, like even um, like at my house, you know, you have my sister come in um, and my mom is allergic to some of this st uh, stuff 
it's in yeah. the hair in the product and you all have the in-house apothecary and you can custom make a product so that she still gets the benefits for my sister's hair but right. doesn't have an allergic reaction and you know there's just so many there's so much care and attention to detail that you put into the whole brand and experience and it's it's really beautiful thank you i appreciate that uh so you said that um you when you learned like you trained in la but you learned before that was that that was from your family your grandma and your aunt Am I yeah right? yeah i'm actually third generation so <clears throat> my grandmother um did hair my aunt did hair. My actually, my great grandmother did hair as well. I still have her pressing combs. Oh, so wow. it's really, I I learned a lot in Los Angeles. But I can honestly say that this is in my blood. Um, I'm I'm currently training my niece, and she just has it. Oh, you know, she that. just she mm -hmm. just has it, and and it's just I just love making people feel good when they leave my chair. And it's not, I tell people all the time, it's not just, it's not about the hair. You know, it's so much more than that. It's like a feeling that, mm -hmm. that I like to give people when they leave, you know, it's a feeling of confidence. Yeah. Well, and I think in a lot of ways, you're, you're giving people permission to be their authentic selves and to embrace it and love it and see themselves as beautiful and worthy of love and respect yeah yeah and it feels good <laughs> yeah it does <laughs> it feels really good I have a very rewarding career and I feel I feel very blessed to have it I, I love your story um, thank you. and thank you uh thank you for uh being willing to join us today and talk about that um I did want to um shift gears just a little bit um, now that we kind of know uh, where you're at now. And uh, I wanted to talk about um, in the spirit of Black History Month, you know, that people will bring up um, historical figures, um, you know, major members of the civil rights movement, Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, uh, Rosa Parks, and the list goes on. Um, and, you know, even further back than that, but also there's this um, kind of a newer term that I've noticed popping up saying that Black history is now. And, you know, I think of people like you, you know, coming in and, and blazing this trail in Temecula in a place where, you know, there wasn't proper representation and there wasn't um, mm -hmm you know, it, it wasn't inclusive. Um, and like, you're making your mark on history. And I was wondering, um, first of all, how you feel about your like putting yourself in that for it with from that lens, you know, like that you are going to be somebody that is in the history books. I mean, I don't know, that's when you say it that way, like, wow. <laughs> I, I just, gosh when you say it that way it is like wow because I am a rarity where we're at mm -hmm. um and I, I I plan to continue to make my mark and speak out about 
certain injustices because recently I, I had one that was huge, kind of went viral um, mm -hmm. because I just, all I want is to be treated like everybody else, right? I mm -hmm. don't want special treatment. I'm not asking for special treatment, but I won't allow anyone to um, step all over me, disrespect me and not acknowledge what I've done in this town. Right. And um, I've recently come across something that I'm, I'm being very vocal about because the town is very cliquish. Mm -hmm. And um, with me leaving my mark, I think I've already kind of left it and, and people are, you know, reaching out to me now because I've been very vocal about the cliques here. And there, there is racism here. You know, people don't want to admit it. They don't want to talk about it. But I went to high school here and there was skinheads at the school and they did nothing to protect us. Mm. And um, I'm going to continue to be vocal. I'm going to continue to try, try and be a trailblazer here. Um, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm not going and you anywhere. shouldn't be this you are right where you need to be you are changing people's lives on the daily and in the long term I think having a really positive impact on the community and you're changing people's minds yeah that's that's what I'm I'm trying to do um I'm just trying to I'm I'm trying to <laughs> force things to be more inclusive, I suppose, you know, mm -hmm. um, I, I'm going to make people feel uncomfortable if they're not inclusive. Um, if they're not, you know, showing faces that, that I think we should be, that should be seen, mm -hmm. you know, um, within marketing here in Temecula with everything, they, they, there's, there's work that needs to be done. And oh, I'm man. speaking out in, <laughs> You know, I started my own, my, my, my saying is I'm going to build my own table. You know, I'm not going to beg for a seat. I refuse to beg for a seat at anybody else's table. I'm going to build my own. I love that. And that's what I'm doing. I started a whole talk show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's called Small Biz Talk. Businesses on in Temecula because they're not inclusive here. They're very cliquish and they only like will showcase or spotlight their friends and people that they only know and um you know I'm 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 disrupting things a bit no and I love that like yeah keep it up it, it, I'm going to <laughs> see we we're talking about hair and now we're going off on something else that I'm doing because I'm I'm trying to make change here in this town because I love Temecula and I know that we can all do it but mm -hmm. you know there has to be those uncomfortable discussions and those uncomfortable feelings people may have in order for us to heal move on and grow absolutely well and I think you know for a lot of people it ends up being due to a lack of education you know like they just yeah. they didn't grow up talking about it and so you know they kind of grew up in this like blissful ignorant State. And, you know, and then, of course, there are people that very much know what they're doing and what they're saying. And oh, yeah. Then, you know, but I, I love that you are all about talking about it 
and yeah we have like opening people's eyes you know exactly we have to Temecula there's they're just in this bubble here Mm -hmm. I'm like are you kidding me like the things that sometimes are said you know like um gosh it was who was it that said it she was comparing herself to Rosa Parks it was um yes uh, a council member on city Mm -hmm. council her name's Jessica she was she compared herself to Rosa Parks because she had to wear a mask and she said she felt like she's being pushed to the back of the bus oh no this woman was comfortable enough to compare herself to Rosa Parks because people live in a bubble here yeah (laughs) yeah wow so I'm just I'm just trying to break things up like what makes somebody that comfortable how do you get that comfortable to say something like that you know it just yeah. it's it needs there I things need to be disrupted you know mm-hmm. like the mayor has been known for saying things and getting removed and it's just it's crazy you know my daughter's going to high school out here and they still racist nothing mm-hmm. has changed I'm 40 years old. Why is she having problems with racism? Yeah, that made me think of their, um, like the official Temecula slogan or whatever is old traditions, new opportunities. Mm. Oh, Mm -hmm. I never thought about like that. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's literally big, bold letters on the side of the highway when you drive up into Temecula. It's, and, you know, it's like you said, things haven't changed. And that's that particular bit, like, it makes me wonder sometimes how much of that is people being ignorant and how Mm -hmm. much of that is people being intentional. You know, people don't want change. Some people just don't want change you know um I can give you an example of something that just recently happened I had a barber that's in my shop my salon Mm -hmm. and she's she's lesbian right Mm -hmm. and she went downstairs she likes the smoke shop so she would go down there to the smoke shop right okay she goes down there she likes cigars and um there's these dudes sitting there got confederate flags on their hat and basically excused her from the space wow and she came upstairs she was like b i can't like is this for real (laughs) yeah this this was within this was like a year and a half two years ago this actually happened yeah and there's no excuse for that like (laughs) the confederacy died But the fact that they're comfortable enough to do it in this town and people don't think that there is a problem with racism. That's the issue. That is, that's the total, that's the, that's the problem. So I don't know if it's ignorance. I don't know if it's just, they don't want change. Mm -hmm. They don't, they, or they don't want change. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, they they do say that change is like right up there in the top of you know things that people are afraid of mm-hmm. but I mean you, you can't stay like this forever no baby. no it cannot <laughs> no okay and we're not gonna let it no absolutely we're not gonna not. let it 
Well, Brandy, thank you so much for um, for sharing your story. I'm just listening and, um, and uh, I applaud you for your courage to be in a town that is predominantly one particular, um, I guess, of one particular ideology versus your the, the you know the background that you grew, that that you, you know the world that you grew up in. Now, um, I guess my question to you is, how do you feel like because we're talking about change and we're talking about you know really wanting to move in a direction that's a little you know that's more inclusive, more positive, and more accepting of the differences that people have to offer in society, um, and celebrating that. And with that, you know, obviously, you know, black, you know, we're we are now in, in in celebration of Black history and celebration of every of things that you have done of being uh, of being a trailblazer. Um, I guess my um, branching off of what you and Kayla have been discussing regarding change and just you know trying to understand where people are, you know, why people are <laughs> in the mindset of ignorance. What do you mm -hmm. say, what would you say to somebody that just says, well, that's what, that's just what I grew up with. That's all I know. So this is why I think it's correct. Whereas someone like, you know, like us, we are, we are in the mindset of, well, I've gone out there and I've learned, even you have experienced, um, I've experienced, um, you know, racism, you know, and we've experienced things a certain way. You know, what would you say to people like that? They're just like, well, I grew up in this, my, my family line has said that this is correct and this is the world that I grew up in. So I don't experience racism. I don't experience somebody, you know, you know, sitting down and, and, and calling me names or calling me whatever they might, you know, they might be calling me. Um, so I guess, what would you say to somebody like that? That's a good question because whenever people say, or have told me, and they're typically people, you know, that are not of color, like, I don't experience that. And I tell you, tell them, that's what your privilege is. That's privilege. Because my son will experience it, my daughter will experience it, but your kids will not. So that's what the privilege is. And if they ask me, like, oh, well, this is how I grew up. And this is how things were, I would say, you know what, I challenge you to go somewhere else. I challenge you to leave the city. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I challenge you get to, out of the bubble. Yeah, I challenge <laughs> you to go. I challenge you to go and in, into a different circle of friends or, or a different circle of people. Step outside that circle. Talk to people that don't look like you for a, a month, you know, and hang out with us and see, just see how things are. And then I, I guarantee that they'll raise their eyebrow a smidgen and be like, hmm, she kind of got treated a little differently by that waitress. But if you're around people that look like you and they're, that think like you, how are you going to think anything different? You can't. And that means that they don't want to grow and they don't want to see. They want to keep the blinders over their eyes. I would say, get out of the city. Go hey, go talk to somebody that you would normally wouldn't talk to, you know, and, and then and go from there. And then, then come back and tell me, you think, you don't think that there's a problem or you think everything is the same or everything is cool. But do those things first. Go out and explore and see that there is difference there there are differences and that there is something outside of the bubble 
thank you so much for um, for that explanation and your in your and your uh, the way that you see it. Oh, of course, of course, and you know we've. I've, I just recently bought uh, five acres in wine country. I have to give you guys this little, tell you guys what just happened yes, to us. I was going to ask you about this. I'm excited. Yeah. So I bought, me and my husband bought five acres in wine country, Temecula, across the street from my mom's favorite winery. My mom passed away a couple years ago and she wanted land and it just, it just happened. That's a whole nother story in itself. Anyways, me and my husband were standing on the land, you know, just looking at what we purchased. And this woman comes in a tr with a truck, what big white truck. And she says, can I help you guys? Oh no. And we were like, oh, we're just, we're, we're standing, you know, we're like, what? You're yeah. standing here. She says, who owns this? Who lives here? questioning as, as if we had no right and my husband's boss who's a white man was there and witnessed it and saw and this is one of this is one that's typically like oh I love everybody everybody you know like blinders mm -hmm. he saw and after that he started asking questions you know and I thought it was really interesting because when somebody sees it actually happening is when I think that it, something clicks. Mm -hmm. The light bulb turns on. And this wasn't the first time that this has happened to us, you know? And I, I don't like to have these experiences, but I almost want them to happen in front of people that are ignorant, you know? So, yeah. What's, what's important, Brandy? Thank you so much for, for being, uh, for coming, you know, for, I guess, for bringing that story out some people I think are some I, I almost want to say that sometimes people are afraid to uh, tell their stories um, because they're maybe the wrong person will hear and they, and maybe harm will will, will, will come to them um, so I uh, so thank you so much for sharing that story sure. of uh, you know and I and I have to agree with you and say and when you say that Sometimes you have to allow people to see it. And even though, cause I know that for, I can only speak for me when I say this is that sometimes when, when something like that is told to me, like, oh, well you have to allow people to see it and experience it so that they could be able to, you know, I guess for lack of better words, believe you <laughs> like mm -hmm. I'm crazy this, I do experience these things. Um, it, it does upset me in a way because it's kind of like, okay, well, but I'm telling you is not what I'm telling you valid enough for you that you have to go out mm -hmm. and you have to actually physically see it. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, thank you so much for just sharing the story. I mean, guess cool. to that point, I had a conversation very months ago, uh, a few months ago with someone who, um, who had basically just said that they just want to stay in their lane. They don't want anybody to bother them. They're not, they're not racist in any way. Um, that's what they were telling me that they weren't racist. Um, but all they wanted to do was to, to stay in their lane, they stay in their lane, not bother anybody. Kind of going back. What to does that, that mean? Kind what of like, Kind of, it, 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 kind of like going back to that bubble that we were talking about. So I kept pushing because I'm like somebody, I'm just want to know. I mean, after all, I'm, a, I'm an aspiring journalist, so I'm going to push. Um, 
so I was just asking, you know, yeah, exactly what you asked, you know, what does that mean? What do you mean by that? I said, well, what I mean by that is, is that I don't want to be told that I'm being racist because I don't agree with something or because I'm saying something to, to someone of a different race or a different color and be, and it being taken in a wrong way. So I guess I could kind of understand what they were coming, where they were in a sense coming from, because I kind of feel like sometimes, like I come from a Latin background. Um, mm -hmm. My background, I'm, I'm, I'm a Puerto Rican. So what that means is, is that I am, you know, I am uh, indigenous Indian, Spaniard, and I have, and, and black. So I have all those three mm -hmm. bloodlines kind of running within my blood. So um, what I, what I kind of gathered from that was, was that, okay, well, I guess I can kind of, again, I can kind of understand where you might be coming from because whenever we bring something up to somebody that may, may not necessarily, and I hate to, I, I kind of, it may not be as mindful, um, at, at two differences, um, might take it a certain way, might be offended by, by what somebody may, like, like somebody, um, but, that somebody of a lighter skin tone might say, like for example, and I'm sorry, Kayla, I'm gonna use you as an example. No, you're fine, hon, you're fine. <laughs> like uh, Kayla, for example, has a, has a fairer skin than, than I do. So let's just say, for example, Kayla might say something to me that I might take complete, I might be completely offended by, even though she's not, she's not racist. So it's- Well, that's where you have to have a conversation with somebody and you have to educate them on proper terminology and, you know, because that's that's my biggest issue with all of it is whether you knew prior to saying something that it was racist or not to say it, if somebody tells you that you've offended them and that you've said something offensive and or inappropriate, then I think it's then on you to take that on board and do, you know, at least you know, apologize, do some research, do some soul searching and mm -hmm. say, you know, okay, now, now I know better. Cause I'm not going to sit there and say that everybody should just know, like I'll, uh, that would be the ideal world. But the reality is that, you know, people grow up in different places, different backgrounds, and even people that grow up in the same place, you grow up with a different family who may or may not share the same belief system. You know, it's, it's very easy for there to be misunderstandings and like but that doesn't give anybody the right to just act like it didn't happen when somebody else gets hurt by something that you say or do yeah and, and I have to add one more thing too it's like with how things are now you know it's it wasn't like this I'm I'm older than y'all I'm assuming but it was you you really right now you really have to kind of watch what you say right mm -hmm. and I think that's another thing um in society now why people I don't know people may be afraid to have these conversations you know I have conversations or if someone says something offensive and the other person is like cuts them off and I just I'm okay with having conversations with people and saying no that's not right this 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 is right or this and the mm -hmm. but one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to take my time out to teach you you mm. know what I'm saying like yeah. that's, tiring. that's tiring for black for uh, for black people I'm not gonna speak for black people for me 
I'm tired of telling people, oh, no, you know, that's wrong. No, it's like, I can talk to you and say, girl, no, just look, read this book. Mm-hmm. That's just easier. That's just easier for me to do. Um, and if somebody isn't sure, if they're just, just honestly ignorant, then I, I'll do the same thing. Just kind of read, read, read this book, you know, but at, at, right now, like, if people, I'm going on a tangent, but if, if people say something offensive, they most of the time they know what's wrong. Right, exactly. Oh. I like that you mentioned that, you know, just kind of refer somebody to a book or, yeah. and again, is this just kind of going with what you had, you've mentioned prior as well and what Kayla had mentioned earlier as well, um, get out of your bubble. Mm-hmm. yes I do I can I can educate yourself you know I can I can understand where you know it, it is exhausting um it is a lot of work um mm-hmm. you know, it, work will continue to happen even after you know all of us are are, are no longer no longer mm-hmm. here <laughs> I mean it's been happening for well you know since the beginning of 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 um I guess the America's birth um Oh, and well before that, um, you know, it, oh yeah, you're, y'all, yes, <laughs> yes, um, but you know, like I, I do think that it's key that you mentioned, you know, again, just kind of pick something, uh, I guess, would you say that maybe it's fair to say not just picking up a book, but also how about you just read up on this particular, um, you know, figure who fought for civil rights or or how about you read up on this person on what, you know, what um, what trajectory or path they they kind of ran on to become the person that they eventually became. Um, yeah, that's, or, that or sounds you, good if I'm in the mood. <laughs> right. You know, like after a while, after a while, I'm gonna be just straight up honest with y'all. We're tired, mm-hmm. and and after so many times of just ignorant comments and so many times of the gaslighting oh I didn't know and it, it just it just depends I'll be straight up depends on my mood you know that's perfectly reasonable <laughs> sometimes I will tell you oh well look at the you know read this book or this was a trailblazer maybe this will help you and other times I'll be like you know what just get out of my face because you're a fool you know it just depends yes. it depends we i'm t- some we i'm tired sometimes i'm just tired yeah well there was something i wanted to touch on um when you're telling the story about uh your husband's boss being there and witnessing someone being discriminatory mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i think that is a perfect example of where it is helpful for allies of the community to speak up and you know because you guys don't need I uh, people don't need to be doing this on their own it's not it's not a fight in the moment just between two individuals like it this is something systemic that we're fight all trying to fight to break down and so you know, sometimes it's really, really important for the ally to step in and, and say, 
you know, not only, hey, th that was unacceptable, that was disrespectful, mm -hmm. that was hateful, whatever, you know, but and then like us taking the time to explain and to teach, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because like you said, you know, people are tired and sometimes people just don't want to hear, like if they already have some sort of seed of hate or discontent in their heart, hearing something from someone that they feel that hate or discontent towards is not going to change anything. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like they have to hear it from someone that they've, and as disgusting as this is to say, like they, people want to hear it from someone that they deem as their quote unquote equal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so that's, that's why I, try to facilitate conversations like this, where, you know, we can become better educated about what is happening, what we can do to intervene, to change, to support, because it's not going to happen just from within the community itself. Like we all have to band together. Exactly. Exactly. Allies are extremely important. Um, especially when you're trying to, you know, you're trying to trailblaze, you're trying to change things. We have to do it together. You know, we have to, we, we have to, or else nothing's going to change. And in this town, that's been the problem. Nobody is, is speaking out for the minority, really. Um, I'm seeing change now, but like I said, I went to high school here and I'm, I'm now I'm seeing change. I'm, I'm 40. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. So yes, allies are, are very important and, and kind of became the talk. You know, a lot of people start talking more about allies. I want to say after this, after the whole George Floyd thing is when I started mm -hmm. hearing about allies. Yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, as awful as his murder was, sparked something yeah it did absolutely Brandy what would you say and this is just kind of moving away from what from the from this previous topic what would you say about um like for example uh, right now we're in black history month um and then we sell we also celebrate like different different months for different um for the uh to celebrate uh, the differences for with other people from where they come from now, one of the questions that I've just kind of uh, continued, it just continues to resolve, revolve around my mind. I'm just curious what your thought about it is, is we tend to only like, for example, black history, we only celebrate it what we are celebrating like, okay, this is one month. We're celebrating black history one month. But my guess, my question is why, why is it just one month where we just put a spotlight on it? Why is it not every day? Why is it not? Why do we have to, why do we have to place a spotlight just once a year? Um, and I just kind of feel like, I, I guess I just kind of wonder, like, what is your take on that? Like, why, does, why do we have to remind people that this exists only once a year? Why do we have to remind people that, um, I don't know, um, LGBT month is only once a year, Hispanic his heritage is only once a year. Why can't we be inclusive and I guess maybe trying to come up with something. I realized you mentioned that you know you're you're um, you're a little bit older than 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 we are, or we mm -hmm. might 
And I know that you know, your generation is just exhausted because you've experienced things that maybe even you know we haven't been able to experience. Mm-hmm. At one point or another, we might get become exhausted as well because there's a lot of things that are happening. I mean, <laughs> just things that you hear in the news every day. You're just kind of like, okay, I thought we were old. I thought we were past this, guys. I mean, really. <laughs> and then no, it, it just needs to be reintroduced. So yeah. I guess what is your what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, with, you know, I'm not happy about uh, Black history being the shortest month of the year. Black history is American history, mm-hmm. you know, and that needs to be said more. You know, it, it, it really is. And I think like for me, you know, as a Black American, we deal with stuff every day. Right. So then when I deal with things, me personally, when I deal with the, or when things happen to me, injustices, I look to my trailblazers. So I'll look to, you know, Madam CJ Walker, like how did she yes. navigate and manage her way to being a millionaire? And, you know, and I'll look at, at, at those type of trailblazers throughout the year. You know, that's me personally. And on my social media, I'm constantly dropping little nuggets with Black history all throughout the year in my stories. Um, just so that, that people can know and see, you know, this isn't the one month where you just dive into, oh, who, who am I going to look into that's, that's a Black trailblazer this month? No, I, I do it throughout the year. And I've, I've always, and I think that everyone should do that you know I I think that it's important to put put that in in everyone's faces and and show them you know like Hispanic history month like this do it all throughout the year this is who you are this is who I am you know I'm not going to suppress it when it's not February you know I'll I'll bring up stories and, and talk about the four little girls that got burned in the church you know I'll do it in November from feeling like it. Hey, you guys, you remember this? Let's not forget this American history. This is history. Mm-hmm. Anthony. Oh, sorry, Kayla, go ahead. No, go ahead, Anthony. You're perfect. No, I just um piggybacking off of what Victor was saying about history. Um I know you you said you graduated in 99. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I graduated in 2010, so it's not too far off. How do you feel about the way that Black history is taught in schools, predominantly white schools? It's it's awful. It's awful what's going on. And it's, well, especially out, out here, you know, I asked my daughter and it's like, you didn't talk about anything? <laughs> like, wait, what? It's, yeah. it's just like, okay, Martin Luther King, they'll talk about briefly. And then Black History Month, because she's part of the BSU, or was part of the BSU. She's like, I'm out now, because they're not mm-hmm. doing anything, really. But it's just, it's, it's very sporadic. It's not detailed at all. Um, it's just, I'm very, I'm just disappointed. So I, I'm teaching my kids myself, mm-hmm. you know, and I do it throughout the year so that they know who these trailblazers are. But to answer your question, no, I'm not pleased with, with how it's being taught in schools. Absolutely. I, I agree. I didn't get a chance to say thanks so much for coming, coming and talking to us.
and oh, absolutely, we do in a town like Temecula that I actually work at the Outback on Winchester and um, having interacted with the people here, yeah, there's definitely a bubble and a consistent attitude. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and uh, along that uh, line about education, um, I my, my schooling was split between uh, San Bernardino and Temecula. Um, and San Bernardino is a pretty diverse community. And, you know, we learned a lot out there, but then came out here. And I mean, it's like you said, like it, it was almost non-existent, like talking about it in, in school. Mm -hmm. And I, um, you know, I have done a lot of my own research and you know talking to friends and family and whatnot um but there's were still things you know like i just took um a u.s history uh post-civil war u.s history class um here at msjc last semester and when i tell you i learned so many things i mean the stuff that like some, you know, stuff that a, a topic was covered, but like I only ever was told part of the story or like, you know, one, the perspective, you know, I, I was only ever taught the white perspective when in reality, there's all these other groups that have been a part of our nation and its history and how it was built. And, and you know, it just, it blew my mind. <laughs> That's what I think is so crazy from somebody who I'm from Connecticut originally. So I went to a pretty much all white school and even what they do teach you about black history is like you said, the one side, but it's such a diminished version of what even MLK. Cause like mm -hmm. if you read some of the stuff he said towards the end of his life, it's not what they taught you in history class in high school. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm they don't ever teach about really the government or, and this is my biggest problem and the biggest discovery that blew my mind was how much the government, especially from, I mean, for, yeah, from the entire beginning of the civil rights movements all the way to the end of the sixties and beyond, the way they systematically went after every civil rights leader and every person in the black community who was trying to make a change yeah, even the Mal Malcolm X, the Black Panthers, all of them. If you look into oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. the Black Panthers, it was terrible what they did. You know, they, and they started off helping kids with lunch programs, getting lunch absolutely. programs together. Absolutely. That's, I just, I, I actually just read a book, um, The Assassination of Fred Hampton, because after mm -hmm. I watched the Judas and Black Messiah movie, and mm -hmm. just the amount that they never there's like the it's like yes the black panthers existed and the only picture they show is them standing out with guns in front of the california capitol building right no, like no mention that they were trying to open medical clinics and give free breakfast to people and they were arming themselves because the police were beating them dead in the streets and there were no cameras to catch them doing it so they were like mm -hmm. we're our rights just like all the white people do and we're mm -hmm. going to make sure that our communities aren't going to be brutalized by cops anymore Right. 
right? Yeah, but we can't we can't teach that to innocent little white kids. They That's they would right. be traumatized because they want to see they want them to see <laughs> the institutions of law as absolute and never wrong. That they want them to see the FBI as this is the rule of law and these are the people who stop the bad guys. But in reality, they wiretapped Martin Luther King's house and they killed Fred Hampton. So, mm -hmm. you know, that wouldn't be great to show them that they were just murdering, they were just blatantly assassinating people. Yeah. Right. Right. It's, yeah, just thinking about it with Fred Hampton, like those, yeah, it's, you know, and for, for a Black American, for me, it just I have to really protect my mental because those reading those things and going back to those things even talking about those things causes you know a little bit of mental trauma really messes with our heads mm -hmm. because you know this is some heavy stuff and and um yeah it's just it's real heavy and it obviously doesn't bother me as you know it bothers you a thousand times more yeah I have the luxury of being able to go and read that stuff and be like, wow, that was terrible. But, you know, it didn't happen to a member of my community. Right. We don't have to sit there and go, that could have been me. Right. Or that could have yeah. been my dad yeah. or my sister it's, or my daughter. Yeah. Or, it's, yeah. It's really close. It's really hard because of the stories that my mama even told me, you know, and, you know, there was a time where my dad was, getting grocery store, going to the grocery store and getting his groceries out the car. And then a cop put a shotgun to his back because he, they said that there was another black man with a brown jacket that had stolen something. And he could have had his, he could have been killed, you know? And this is my father, you know what I'm saying? And it's just, yeah, it's it's pretty heavy stuff for us to to go back and and talk about and um, yeah, it's it's just heavy. Well, Brandy, um, for anyone that might be wanting to, I guess, better understand um, better understand the differences. Um, and how we, how hard differences really are very much alike. Uh, what book would you recommend or what um, literature would you recommend that they, that you would recommend people to go to? Oh, that's tough. There's so many books. <laughs> is, I guess, is there any one particular um, leader that you, um, that you really look to? Um, I mean, I would think there, there are very yep. many. Read the, the biography of Malcolm X. Okay. That's one of my favorites. He's always been one of my favorite leaders. Why is he your favorite, one of your favorite leaders? Um, he, you know, he started off, it's, let me get it out. I don't know why I get all emotional when I think about him. With the Nation of Islam, right? Mm -hmm. So he goes to... Islam and he sees the people of all different colors and races and then he goes back comes back after he goes to Islam and he's telling um his leader um like listen there's all different types of Muslims here 
and he's mm. he see he, he opened his eyes right and he's trying to explain things to people because he sees the light he sees things that are right and good and um he was true to himself and I think that's why I loved him so much even when he got pushed back from his own people he was still true to who he was and he he was still standing by what he believed because he saw something different than what he was taught and um that's why that's why i looked to him that's really it's, powerful yeah that is very powerful yeah he's i don't know if you've seen it um there is a film on him that um it where malcolm x was portrayed by um denzel washington um it's a very good uh, very good film about um mr malcolm x as well Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've seen it. But the book is it, it has a lot more meat than the movie. Oh, don't so they I, always? Yes, you never I, cram it all into a movie. I uh, recommend it. I definitely recommend the book. I was actually uh, gonna. That was my next question. What did you think of what What did you think of it? But um, <laughs> thank you for sharing that. <laughs> um, I want to say hello, Brandy, and thank you for coming on to Talon. I was wondering. Um, I'm a history major. I've taken um put out there for anybody who's listening there's some great classes msjc does um i took history 160 last semester and took uh black history american context and lit 260 introduction to african-american literature and i've done uh projects when i was in high school about uh their national competition uh, on the black panther party and their community survival programs and my last my senior year i did um Birmingham 1963, Triumphs and Tragedies, and other projects at MSJC too. So who do you, um, there's like, I think there's like four main people for for Black History Month. There's like Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, Jackie Robinson, and about that. And I love all those people, but who do you think should be added more to the greater list? Who do you look up to? or trailblazers that should be mentioned more than the top three to four? Oh, definitely Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. And then I would say Madam C.J. Walker because I'm in the hair care industry. Um, I would definitely say those two. A lot of people don't know too much about Madam C.J. or Malcolm X. I think that those would be good ones then another one I think would be great and she's not really talked about much is Dorothy Dandridge you know she actually was the first black woman to be able to perform on stage in Vegas and you know refused to to bow down refused to you know not they wouldn't let her go in the pool and she jumped in the pool anyway you know like things like that there's there's quite a few out there that should be added. That's that is a tough question. Yeah, yeah and I, <laughs> I've come up with a list too of um some people when I was I did um um and I'm also interested in sports. And I last semester I made a whole website about an equal playing field, um, highlighting unsung heroes in in sports, um, from Jackie to Kenny Washington to Bobby Mitchell. Um, Rafer Johnson, Earl Lloyd, Arthur Ashe, uh, Fritz Pollard, and Willie O'Ree, all barrier breakers in their sports. Um, for the project that um, I did in high school was 
I think he should. He doesn't get enough credit as Martin Luther King, um, as uh, Reverend Fred Shuttlesworth. And he told King to come to, because he was in Albany right before he came to Birmingham. And I looked at my history textbook. You really don't hear about Birmingham. You probably see pictures. It's the people being shot. I mean, the water cannons and the police dogs. That's what you'll probably see in Birmingham, but they don't mention the Birmingham campaign. And Shellsworth told King to come there because if they can break Birmingham, because it's the most racist place in the country, if you can mm. break Birmingham, then everywhere else it will fall. Mm. And that's um, because of the pub commissioner of public safety, which is completely ironic, is Bull Connor, who told he was mm, piece of work and use those cannon water cannons on those on the children those that was during the children's march actually and that was in the spring that was before the bo the bombing of the four little girls and he even there's even stories told by at one i interviewed a few people down there is that he told king whether um he told bull reverend fred shelzer they're gonna be here at that exact time and just be ready for us. We're going to be there. And even there was another story of um, Shuttlesworth. They stole um, the police officers' lunches from them and started eating them. <laughs> but he was, wow. uh, he had a fire yeah. under him. He was, um, and there's like story of him. It was, they tried to bomb him on the Christmas Eve or the Christmas, yeah, Christmas Eve. And it shook his house and destroyed it. But he was fine. He was kind of, story was that he kind of um, rose up in his bed and he fell back on his bed. He didn't, it was, um, but his house was like tilted and destroyed. It was right next to his um, church congregation. Um, but then they moved across the street, but he looked, yeah, he, if they could break Birmingham th there than it did with the 1964 civil rights and 65 and 68 with the housing. Have you yeah, seen- there Go ahead. Um, have you seen, um, it's been a little bit since I've seen it, but um, it was a, kind of a live documentary or a live um, action of Madam C.J. Walker. Are you I talking think... about self-made on Netflix? Yeah, it's Netflix, yeah. You know what? I have not seen it yet. And everyone oh, keeps girl, asking it's good. if I have. It's I'm really going to see it yet. Yeah, it's um, Octavia Spencer as uh, Madam C.J. Walker. Um, and she did an incredible job. Yeah. It's definitely going to be on the list. Watch it. Um, all right. Well, we've talked about a lot of things. Um, if does anybody have any uh, final questions or comments before we wrap up here? Thank well, you guys for having me on. Oh, this and thank great. you. Thank you very much for, for coming on and making time um, and talking about um, the heavy stuff as well as, you know, the, the happy stuff, because um, it all, it, it's all important, so. Right. Uh, yeah, so uh, thank you again for joining us. Um, if you guys you so much, want Brandy. to follow uh, Brandy and her story ongoing, um, she is at VKCOA on Instagram. Um, 
So definitely give her a follow, like, share her stuff, uh, learn some more about Black history, both past and present. Um, and join us for our next Talent Talks. Yeah, and feel free to follow my personal page too. <laughs> oh yeah, could, is that, and that's just it's at just Brandy K. Brandy Cola, right? K. Cola. Yeah, that's where I bring small businesses on to talk about their business. Okay, great. Yeah, well, thank you for adding that. Of course. Uh, all right, well, uh, I think that's about it. Thanks for joining us and have a great night, everybody. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much, Brandy. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 <clears throat>